are starting a brand new series called Christmas Presents. Christmas Presents, P-R-E-S-E-N-C-E, right? Did I spell that right? Yeah, Christmas Presents, right? And this is going to take us through the, uh, the Christmas series. It's going to be a really good series. Every family has their own Christmas traditions. I'm sure if we polled the room, you guys would all say that we have a thing that we do for Christmas and my family does it every year. For some, it's a special Christmas dish that only comes out in December and sometimes your family um, only eats it in December because, you know, it's not that good, but sometimes it's, it's amazing, right? And, but you only get it in December because maybe it's hard to make or something like that. For some, it's a movie. My, our personal favorite in my house is we play the movie Elf. Um, the movie Elf every Christmas is we're like decorating the tree and doing all this stuff. And I'm always scared because uh, in the movie, uh, there's a mall Santa who's like a really bad mall Santa. Doesn't even look like a Santa, right? And the kid walks up to him and he goes, you smell like beef and cheese, right? And I'm always scared that one of my kids is going to go to some mall Santa and say, you smell like beef and cheese because we watch that movie so much uh, in my house. For some, it's going to see the Christmas lights. How many of you guys have been to Comstock and Gilbert? Comstock and Gilbert. If you don't know about Comstock and Gilbert, just go once. Wrestle with the parking one good time. It's a really cool thing to see. Have you guys been? Comstock and Gilbert? No, it's amazing, right? It's free. It's this neighborhood street. And basically, like, they deck it out. And, like, you have to, like, tune your radio to a certain station. And they play, like, Christmas music. Anyway, it's really cool. So that's a really cool thing. Others uh, put ornaments on their fake tree. Well, how many team fake tree people we have in the house today? Team fake tree, okay. Others put, uh, put up a real tree. How many team real tree? Anybody? Liz and I are Team Realtree. Todd, you're Team Realtree. Yeah, right? So we did, we did Team Realtree uh, this past couple of years. For, the, for 15 years of mine and Liz's marriage, we did a fake tree. And we had two fake trees. And then the past two years, we've done the real tree. And I can tell you, it's a mess. It is a mess. But my house smells amazing, right? It smells amazing. And my dad told me this morning, he's like, well, you could just light a candle and do the same thing, right? It wouldn't be such a... But you know what? It's the tradition, right? Some do the whole Santa thing. Some don't. To me, creating these traditions is one of the coolest things that a husband, wife, mom, and dad can do for their family. Each newlywed couple has the opportunity to take these traditions, take the traditions of mom and dad, take the traditions that I grew up with, take her traditions, his traditions, and just kind of mix it up. And now you have something new. You have something fresh. And so that's part of the cool thing that we get to do at, uh, at Christmas time. When I was growing up, I would wake up at like 3 or 4 a.m., right? I'd wake up at 4 a.m., and I would go see what Santa brought me, and like I would go play with all the toys, and then I would be like, okay, well, now I'm being selfish, and then I'd go get my sister up, and then I would go show her all the toys, and then probably about 5.30, 5, 5.30, we'd go wake our parents up, and then we'd start Christmas, and so our Christmas when I was growing up was like done. Like everybody was showered, breakfast was served by like 8 a.m., this was my fault, right? I, I would like to formally apologize to both my parents who are in the room today, right? So this is my fault. Now, with my own family, as we're building a tradition, we're building Christmas traditions, right? I, what I found was is that my kids value sleep more than anything. And so, like, it'd be Christmas morning, like, all the adults in my, like, my parents, my grandparents, aunts, uncles, we'd all be standing around staring at each other, and we're like, Jeff, are you going to get your kids up? It's like 9.30, like, and my kids are still asleep. And so I have to go, like, wake them up and be like, hey, um, Santa came. Do you want to go see, like, what he bought you? And they're like, um, later, you know, like, that, something like that. They just, that's just how they are. That's just how our life is. And I think it's because my wife sees rest as a spiritual gift. And because of that, she's probably added two, 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 two and a half years to my life because of that. Another tradition that we had growing up, 
Christmas, and this is, uh, this is going to get PG here for a little bit. Um, so we would always read the Christmas story. Every, every, uh, well, what we would do is on Christmas Eve, you could open one present, but you could only open that one present after we read the Christmas story. This is what we did every Christmas. And so we would, uh, you know, you, you better believe, I, did, I studied harder at the gifts that were under the tree to figure out which one was worthy of me opening on Christmas Eve more than I did for most of my classes in high school. I promise you, all right? So I was studying them and I was looking at them and I was seeing which one was worthy of me opening first. And then we'd read the Christmas story. But when I was uh, probably... I don't know, old enough to be able to read out of Luke. Uh, I, was, I was reading it, and uh, my, my dad would read it, but then I got old enough to read it, so I was reading it. And I was reading the story one year, and I got to the part where it says that Mary was a virgin, and I stopped. And I looked at my dad and my mom, and I said, what's a virgin? Like that? And my dad glanced at my mom with like, hey, what do we say here? And my, <laughs> my mom glanced over at my dad. At least this is how I remember the story. It, you guys could refute this later, I guess. My mom glanced over at my dad and was like, uh, this is on you, buddy, <laughs> right? And so that Christmas, I got gifts, and then I got the Birds and the Bees talk right after, you know? And so that was that, that Christmas that we came up with. You probably don't even remember that, do you? No? But that's how that happened, right? Do you remember that? You don't remember it? That's how it happened, I promise you. So, um, so, that's, uh, so that was that Christmas, and so that was just the tradition that we had was reading the Christmas story. And so I would challenge you this, this season as you're going throughout, you know, whatever it is that you're doing, whatever your plan is, whatever, your, whatever life is doing, whatever family's coming out of town, maybe you're leaving, going out of town, slow down, take time, and your kids may roll their eyes, the, the grandkids may roll their eyes, it may be hard to, you know, like herding cats, getting everybody together to do something, but do those things because I promise you, your kids are going to appreciate it. They're going to remember it. And it really is what makes this season special. Over the next couple of weeks, we're going to look at how God's presence in our lives helps us be more present at Christmas. My goal in this three-week uh, this three week series is threefold. First, I want us to reclaim the meaning of Christmas in its purest form. Christmas isn't about uh, a busier than normal schedule. How many of you guys feel like this season you're just like way busy? Like this is the season where, I mean, last week alone I had like two different kids concerts and then we had like a special all staff meeting at work for Christmas. Like all this stuff is happening. Like it just gets busy. And so like it's not about a busier schedule. It's not about family having to come in town and you having to like break out the blow up mattresses and all that stuff that we have to do during this season. It's not about cooking extra stuff or shopping or stretching yourself so thin. Uh, it, it's not about just the hectic nature of this season. Christmas isn't about gifts even. It's about the gift the Son of God, Jesus Christ that came into earth. So we got to keep the main thing the main thing. It's not about getting so distracted and so spread out and so busy and so worried. It's not about that. The main thing is about Jesus. Does that mean that we, can, uh, we should be the Grinch about everything else? No gifts, no Black Friday, no Santa. You know, if you want to do that, not do that, whatever. You, you make the decision on your own family based upon your own conviction. That you can still do the fun stuff. But the meaning of Christmas is not found under the tree. It's found in the manger. So the first thing we want to reclaim the real meaning, the true meaning of Christmas, bring it back to its purest form. The second thing that we want to do is we want to return, uh, by returning the meaning of Christmas, my hope is that you recognize God's presence 
in your life during this season. In Isaiah 7, verse 14, the, the Bible says this, Therefore, and this is a big prophecy that the prophet Isaiah was, was talking about when he was talking about Jesus coming. He says, Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and his name will, shall be called Emmanuel. Later in the Christmas narrative in Matthew, Matthew quotes this verse and tells us that Emmanuel literally means God with us. Jesus' names, one of Jesus' names was Emmanuel, God with us. Christmas reminds us that God is not distant. He's not far off. How many of you guys have ever prayed a prayer and you're like, you feel like, man, I don't know if God heard that or not. Like, it feels like maybe that, that prayer maybe hit the roof and like bounced back down, right? Maybe sometimes it feels like, and maybe this is just me as, as a pastor, I'll admit this, you know. Maybe it sometimes it just feels like there's sometimes where I feel God's presence and there's sometimes where I feel like, man, I just, I just don't know where he's at here. You know, I'm just kind of doing life. I'm getting busy. I'm, I'm going through the motions. I'm doing these things. Christmas reminds us that God is not distant. He's not far off. He didn't just create the world, wander back away, leaving us to our own devices. No, Christmas reminds us that God is close. He's close. He's with us. He's Emmanuel. He's God with us. If you don't feel God's presence in a fresh way at Christmas time, I would argue that you're probably doing it wrong. You're probably doing it wrong. Take a step back and say, man, I'm, I'm feeling really busy. I'm really feeling stretched thin. I'm really feeling like, man, like this is just really hard this season. Or, or maybe I'm going like I'm, I'm putting my emphasis on the wrong things at the wrong time. If you don't feel God's presence, then maybe we're doing it Wrong. Take a step back and ask. It's a holiday. Jewish people had uh, many holidays, uh, and, and, and those were our holy days, they called it. Passover was one of them. It reminded them of their deliverance out of slavery in Egypt. Yom Kippur is another one. That's the Day of Atonement. It reminded them of God's forgiveness from sin. Christianity has holy days. That's Easter. We celebrate the resurrection of Jesus, and Christmas when we celebrate the birth of Jesus. Holy days. Christmas is a holy day. It's a holy day. It's a day that we set aside to say, hey, we're going to come back and we're going to remember what Jesus did for us, what God did for us for, for that time. And that we, we put the, the words holy day together and we get the word holiday. And I would just challenge you just as a pastor, let me, sometimes I just have to like um, get in the weeds a little bit and then I'll come back out of it. So I'm just going to make a side point, rabbit trail, have this discussion, come back, we'll come back to the message. Some Christians today get so offended when people tell them happy holidays and not Merry Christmas, right? They just get so offended. They get so worked up. Holiday is, is a portmanteau or, or just a combination of two words, holy and day. It's, 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 it's meaning that there's a day set aside for a specific purpose. So when someone tells you happy holidays, just don't get offended. They're not trying to take away Christmas from you. I promise you they're not right? If they can take Christ out of Christmas for you it, 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 by just saying happy holidays, if, if Christ's presence is that precarious at Christmas in your life that Starbucks or a Christmas card or your company or the greeter at Walmart or whatever it is can take Christ out of Christmas for you, I would say you're doing it wrong, right? You're doing it wrong, right? So just, just say, you know what, if somebody says happy holidays or you can respond with Merry Christmas or even better, Make your life so full of the presence and love of Jesus during this time that people who are culturally disconnected from Jesus, uh, culturally disconnected him from Christmas and getting so stressed out and so overwhelmed, they see what's something that's different in you. Don't get offended. 
Don't get offended. Just just say, okay, you know, it's it's a holy day. Yeah, holiday, sure. You know, uh, but it's all about Jesus. This holiday, this date that we set aside is reminding us that Jesus came near. God came near. Christmas reminds us of God's presence. This leads me to the final reason and the final goal that I want to do in this series. And that's this. We want God's presence to help us be more present this season. So the whole meaning of Christmas is about Jesus. It's not about anything else that we've attached to it. It's not about the trees. It's not about the decorations. It's not about the cooking. It's it's all about Jesus. That reminds us of God's presence. And God's presence is going to help us be more present this season. When some people think about God, and we sang the song about the God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit. We sang that today. When some people think about God, they think that God the Father, and this is just a really base level view of God that some people have in the church, right? If you don't think this way, then you're in good standing, all right? If you do think this way, then let me help you today. Some people think that God the Father is the judgy one from the Old Testament, right? He's the one that's going to smite you. He's the one that's going to bring lightning from heaven. He's the one that's going to, you know, that's going to, you know, just completely there to like every time you make one wrong step, he's there to just, you know, bring fire down upon you, right? Like that's how they see the Father. And then they see Jesus is the nice one. He's the one that always forgives. And, and so I can do whatever I want because Jesus is going to forgive me. I'm just going to keep doing whatever I want because Jesus is going to make things right. And then they see the Holy Spirit is the one that they just don't understand, right? I just don't, I don't, I don't get what's, what that one's doing. I understand uh, that God the Father is a mean one. Jesus is a nice one. The Holy Spirit's like a, a weird one. I don't know. Like they just don't get it, right? Is that what the Bible teaches? No, it's not what the Bible teaches. The idea is that, uh, you know, we think that these three persons of God are doing different stuff with different agendas, but that completely goes against Scripture. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are all in perfect unity to do two things. The Bible teaches this. It's so clear. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are in perfect unity to do two things. They have two missions. The first is to bring glory to God. And we're going we're gonna to come back to that in a second. So the first thing that God is doing is he's bringing glory back to himself, right? The Father, Son, the Holy Spirit unified in that mission. The second is to redeem humanity. And so we see this, when we're, when we're studying this, we see this in, in the verse that probably every one of us can quote, John three sixteen: For God, the Father, so loved the world that he sent his only Son, Right? God, the Father's love is what drove Jesus to come to earth. When Jesus came in a manger, when Jesus came to us, he came because that was the Father's will. The Father wanted Jesus to to, to make things right. The Father wanted Jesus to to put everything right, to take the creation that we'd messed up, the sin that we'd messed up, the life that we'd messed up, and put everything back together. When we understand that Jesus' arrival is not to save us from an abusive father, but instead it's because of a father that loves us so much, we start to understand the true meaning of Christmas. We start to understand what God is doing during this season in our lives. We all, we've abused ourselves by straying away from God's path, but the Son has come to make things right. 
God didn't choose to send his son into the world the way that other kings were born. He chose to be, he wasn't born in a palace. He was, wasn't even born in a house. He was born in a stable. This tells us that Christmas is for everyone. It's for everybody. And so if you're here today and you're like, man, I've got, you know, I've got $2 million in my checking account. Good, Christmas is for you. If you're here today and you're like, dude, I'm negative three cents. Cool, Christmas is for you, right? Jesus wasn't, Jesus, the king of the world, the king of everything, the king, the king of kings, the Lord of lords, the one who is gonna be on the throne for eternity. He came in a stable. How many of you guys were born in a stable? Anybody here? No, born in a stable? No, it's like the lowest place you could be born in. The lowest of the low. And that's how Jesus came to us. He, he, when we put Christ at the center of this holiday, we welcome God's presence and it helps us be more present because Christmas is for everyone. So I want to look at Philippians chapter 2. And we're going to look at like how Jesus came. And we're going to look at why he came. And then we're going to see what this means for us for, for this Christmas season. So Philippians chapter 2, verse 1. So if, it, if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, being an active participant in what the Spirit's doing, any affection and sympathy, Paul says, complete my joy. Paul's saying, as your pastor, this is what I want in, in your life. This is what would bring me the most joy. Complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love and being in full accord and of one mind. What is this one mind? Here's what he says. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not to his own interest, but also to the interest of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is in Christ Jesus, who... Though he was in the form of God, so he was God, he was the king, he was, he was there, he was in the form of God. He did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. He didn't come demanding that he be treated like God, but instead he emptied himself by taking on the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. We see in Jesus' entire life, from stable to the fact that he took on the profession of a carpenter, to the death on the cross, to the barred tomb, we see in his entire life an example of humility. And what Paul is saying here is he's saying, guys, be of one mind, have one love. Don't do things of, of your own selfish ambition. Don't do things because you, you want to you wanna build yourself up. You want to you wanna do things for yourself. You want to be the one getting the gifts. Don't do things for like that. Instead, back up and say, let me be humble. Let me be participating in the, what the Spirit is doing and what God is doing. And by doing that, I'm going to follow the example of humility that Jesus laid down down for me. This season is a season where people get selfish. Have you fought for a parking spot at the mall yet, right? Like Black Friday, fist fights over a TV, right? It just happens, right? But we can live a life that's different. We can live a life that, that makes people say, what, why, why are they so at peace during this season? This is a stressful time. This is a stressful time. This is a time when, 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 when like, like people that 
you know, family members that I don't necessarily like are, are coming to my house and they're spending three or four days with me and I don't know what to do now. You know, like you're going through this and then I've got to cook stuff and then I've got to clean stuff and nobody's going to help me clean stuff. Like you're going through those things, right? Stress and stress and stress and stress and stress. And what, G, what Paul is saying is, guys, just focus on Jesus. Just focus on how Jesus was. Just focus on how Jesus came. Make it about Jesus. And in that, we don't do anything out of selfish ambition. We, we, make, we just count ourselves as humble. And then he says, this is what God did with Jesus. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name. So that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord to the what? Glory of God the Father. Again, what's the mission of God? The mission of God is to glorify God and to redeem humanity. That's what Jesus came to do. That's what the Father wanted. That's what the Spirit wants to work out in our own lives each and every day and help us help others work it out in their own lives. And so we want to be a part of what God is doing. We always want to be a part of what God is doing. But what happens when we set aside a day as holy, we set aside a day to remember what happened. It's just like when we take communion. We take communion to remind ourselves of Jesus' body and his blood, the body that was broken for us, the blood that was poured out for us. We remind ourselves of that. And that reminds us that we have to live a certain way because of what Jesus has done. That means something of how we've got to live our lives now. Right. And so when we set aside a day like Christmas, we set aside a day to where something happened. God sent his son to earth. God sent his son in the form of a baby and he was he was born in a stable and he was born uh, to a poor uh, uh, unwed couple. And he was he, he came that way and he came that way because he that's how God wanted to to greet us and meet us for every one of us to be able to have access to Jesus, to have access to God. That's what Christmas reminds us of. And so Christmas is not a time for us to look at our own interests. That's what society's made it about. But we're told do nothing out of selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Don't look to your own interests, but look to the interests of others. This is the example that Jesus gave us. This is the example that Jesus gave us. And so my encouragement to you this season is just take a step back. Take a step back evaluate what's going on in your life. Evaluate what's happening and ask, ask the Holy Spirit. Ask the Holy Spirit to direct your steps. Ask the Holy Spirit to direct your conversations. Ask the Holy Spirit to give you the words to say. I promise you that the response is not going to be get offended by something. The response is not going to be however angry they are with you, be just as angry with them. The response is not going to be, however, you know, if they're going to steal your parking spot, go ahead and key their car. That's not the response that the Holy Spirit is going to give, right? The Holy Spirit is going to have us be led differently because it's not about us. Jesus could have made it about him. He could have come to the earth and he could have said, you know what? I'm the king. I'm going to be the king. So therefore, um, let's make this as easy as possible. Let's go ahead, instead of being born in zero... Uh, AD. Let's go ahead and be born in like 2000 where like there's like cushy hospitals and things like that, right? Let's go ahead and, and just have like as much gold around me as you can. 
Have all the creature comforts as you can. No, it didn't happen that way. And so for some of us, we, we expect you know, things to go perfect and things to go like we want them to go. But it's just not going to happen that way. And because we can humble ourselves, we can be led by the Spirit, we can be a part of what the Spirit is doing, then Christmas can be different for us this year. We don't have to be stressed out. For many of us, this time of year is focused on things that could, you know, really, this time of year, we, focusing on Christ should be easy. Because it's Christmas. It's the songs we sing. It's uh, like we see the mangers in our house. But so often it's hard. It's hard. Calendars are full. To-do lists get longer. Stores get busier. Overwhelmed, uh, overwhelming stress just creeps in. But we need to get back to the heart of Christmas. And we do this by worshiping Jesus. We do this about being about what God is about. Glorifying God in everything that we do glorifying God in everything that we do. And so my, my challenge to you is when you get stressed, worship. When you get worried, pray. When you get worked up about something, just, just make it about God. God I, don't know, God, I don't know why this person is acting the, the, the way that they are, but I know that you love them, and I know that you want to rescue them from whatever it is that they're going through. Is your response going to change when you think about it like that? Absolutely. Absolutely it's going to change when you think about that. And so for starters, we have to worship Jesus. We have to make it about Jesus. We have to bring it all back to Jesus. When our hearts are oriented towards Jesus, everything falls into place. It's that verse, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Everything is going to fall into place when we make it about Jesus. Jesus. The way we spend our time, the way we give, the way we love is all shaped by the focus of our worship. Think about it. The way we spend our time, the way we give, the way we love is shaped by the focus of our worship. I heard a pastor say one time, if uh, I can tell what someone worships by looking at their calendar and their checkbook. So if they worship their kids, their calendar and their checkbook is going to do that. If they worship their belly, their calendar and their thing is going to reflect that, right? If they worship Jesus, their calendar and their checkbook is going to reflect that. If this season is about Jesus, then he's going to be the focus of our worship. If this season is about anything else, then the focus of our worship is drifting, is drifting. And we need to be aware of that. Next week, we're going to dive further into the Christmas narrative in Scripture and what the Bible actually says went down on Christmas. But when you look at it, you will see that every character in the story who encountered this baby Jesus in a manger, in a stable, their response wasn't, oh man, this baby was born in a stable. Their response wasn't, okay, this is cool, this is interesting, this is different. No, their response was worship every time. Every time uh, uh, they encountered the birth of Jesus, the baby Jesus, the response was worship. The angels visited the shepherds in Luke 2. They said, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. Excitement, anticipation, hope. We put these emotions at the feet of what we worship. 
So I would ask you, this Christmas, what are you excited about? What are you anticipating? What are you hoping for? Like, what do you, what do you, what do you think, man? Man, like, this would be an amazing Christmas if this happened. Excitement, anticipation, and hope. We put those at the feet of what we worship. And so uh, for us, you know, if you're putting those at the feet of, of other people, I promise you they're going to let you down. If you're putting those at the feet of, of getting what you want, I promise you, we, we talked about this in the Thanksgiving series, like, you're, like if, if, if your contentment is tied to consumption, you're never going to get there, right? But if you take your excitement, your anticipation, and your hope, and you put them at the feet of Jesus, I promise you this is going to be a different Christmas than you've ever experienced before. Where are you placing your excitement and anticipation this season? Where are you placing your hope?